Reed, we're recording this episode on the day before April Fool's is like a huge thing online. Years ago, I was working in the cellular industry, Chris, as we called it, I was selling uh, cell phones to businesses. We had an ad that came out that like, the because everybody was all excited about whatever the new phone was going to be. Remember the Motorola StarTac, you know, some of those types of things. Yeah. Nokia came out with an ad and it was a rotary dial cell phone. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Because we had people coming in like, oh, that'd be cool. I'd like that. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> I might buy that. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Touchpoint. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 325. I'm Reed Smith. That is Chris Boyer. I'm really excited to have you guys back. Thanks again for tuning in for yet another episode of Touchpoint. Quick plug for the website, touchpoint.health. Touchpoint.health is where you can find out more about this episode, the show, Chris, myself, but also sign up for the TPS report. So if you go over there, you'll see something called the TPS report up in the top navigation. Name, email address. We'll get you one email per week with five articles to kick off every Monday. Hopefully a little value add for you. So we'll Pause for a second, let you jump on your digital device, touchpoint.health, sign up for the TPS report, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of this break. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is. And Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. Your role and my role is very unique in hospitals and health systems because oftentimes that partnership between what we do in digital, digital from a marketing and communications focus, and IT is very, very critical. But it's also very complicated. Because it's not, it, again, it's not like a broken record here, but it's hard to delineate where what we do starts and stops. Because when you say digital... Well, all of a sudden, now we're in the middle of everyone else's department. If I, if I leave off the marketing part, we are in marketing, we are in communications, we are in IT, we're in decision support, finance, legal, clinical ops, physician ops, peer operations itself. It's just really hard, even compliance. You know, as we looked at, you know, all the pixel stuff here recently, it's just hard 
to say, where do we stop participating in the conversation, right? Right. Or the decision or the execution or, or whatever it may be. The term digital has such a generic name to it because everybody uses digital in healthcare now. I mean, if you're sending emails to each other or you're jumping on an internet or, you know, you're a nurse that's, you know, texting other nurses, you're using digital to some extent. It gets very confusing. Let's start first with that, Reed, talking about the term digital and the different ways we can kind of define digital in our health systems. I think you and I talked about this, oh, I don't know, it must have been 100, 200 episodes ago. It's a good time <laughs> to like bring it back up again, because it might be important for us to kind of revisit that. One of the initial things that I mentioned, right, which was kind of the marketing communications space. So this is things that we think about, like a lot of topics we've covered on, on here, SEO, SEM, influencer marketing, content marketing, marketing automation. This is where all the CRM pieces and social media comes into play. Uh, things like that. It's even getting into things like, you know, data that we use to power our CRM or personalization and chatbots and other things of that nature. But then you have this other realm of digital, which is digital health and clinical technologies. So this is things like telemedicine and mobile health. A lot of things like remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, all the wearables, you know, kind of fit into this space, on-demand visits and some of the like, you know, see the doctor stuff that people are probably thinking about. But there's also the telemedicine or virtual care as it relates to like virtual nursing, virtual attending, you know, different work models and, and things like that. It's a super interesting space. Again, even overlap between the first two buckets, like where would you put a health risk assessment tool? Right. Digital health or is that digital communications and marketing? Right. I, I think there's a huge overlap between these things. Online appointment scheduling is another one. Very important from a digital marketing perspective to have the ways for people to book appointments online. But online appointment scheduling kind of falls in this digital health bucket. And typically, digital health is driven from like an IT department or a clin clinical departments. And, you know, even researchers and scientists might be involved in some of that stuff. Then you got this other space, Reed, which is digital innovation. Yes. Digital innovation is sort of one of these terms where I guess you could apply it to anything, but it's really applying new technologies to meet existing business problems. You can think about that as like where big data comes into play or maybe artificial intelligence and machine learning used for clinical research. This digital innovation, because it's so broad across the entire organization, often doesn't sit like within like marketing or IT or clini clinical spaces. A lot of times this is at the C-suite level. And I do, I like that idea that new technologies or applications to address, you know, existing business problems. I, I do think, you know, some of it is the proactive outlook of, you know, what do we need to be solving for? Where's the business evolving? Where are we headed? For us, you know, a lot of the innovation is around the AI machine learning space. You know, again, I'm not yeah, I won't talk, you know, super in depth about this, but we, you know, we've partnered with a, a design studio uh, here in Nashville to to do some of these this type of work, right? Well, they specialize in the machine learning subset of AI. That obviously, you know, kind of focuses those efforts on let's go find big data sets and figure out how we solve problems and what opportunities exist there. So innovation can mean a lot of things, right? And and 
you know, can kind of overlap a number, uh, a number of areas. And then there's this other thing that's like digital experience, kind of that intersection between the consumer and the organization online, at least this may not be specifically experience as a whole. Cause a lot of that's obviously once they've arrived and, you know, inside of a brick and mortar location, et cetera. But again, how do we not only how to, and this isn't just about websites, right? Like how easy is it to use your website kind of a thing? But obviously the patient portals play a big role here. The EHR plays a big role. But even, you know, as we think about, you know, how we proactively communicate with folks through text messaging and email and things like that. So experience is a big deal uh, in the online space. Um, and this is where we start to see it overlap with things like SMS or chat or our contact centers, et cetera. I guess what the picture that we're painting here, Reed, is that digital spans across our organization and not everything's managed by one person or one team. When we start to talk about where our roles are and what we do, this partnership, this concept of partnering with other departments is going to be very important Mm-hmm. for us to be successful because inevitably we're going to butt up against what other initiatives there are. So why don't we, when we come back from the break, read, let's talk a little bit about our roles, our specific roles, what you do and what I do and compare them to one another. And then we could talk a little bit about information technology and digital marketing and figure out why it's so confusing where it should be placed. We'll do that right after this break. Coming soon from Greystone, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media, live from HCIC, a new podcast that brings you front row access to the latest innovative strategies that are shaping tomorrow's healthcare industry. In this 12-part series, as recorded live at the Healthcare Internet Conference, we'll hear from industry experts such as Paul Madsen of the Cleveland Clinic, Kathy Smith of Roper St. Francis Healthcare, David Feinberg from Mount Sinai Health System, Rose Glenn from Michigan Medicine, and many others. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast series is brought to you by Greystone.net, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media. Let's dive in here just a little bit. Chris, what do you do? That's uh, you sound a little bit like my boss. No, um, <laughs> no. Um, what do you do? <laughs> you know, I think that's this is important, right? So, Re and I are going to talk a little bit about our roles. So, my official title is the VP of Digital Strategy and Marketing Intelligence. That's my role here at uh, at at the health system that I work for. Marketing intelligence is a little bit more something you can put your head around. That's a lot of research and doing marketing intelligence work, brand tracking studies, and consumer insight studies, like you know, developing intelligence around our marketing. Digital strategy is sort of a generic term. Let me describe a little bit about like where I fit. So first of all, I'm under the marketing and communications department. My focus is really on the marketing technology stack within our organization. That includes websites, CRM, email marketing, marketing automation. It also extends into the analytics and measurement of those tools. Now, you notice I didn't mention social media. My peer has that under her purvey, but my team does work on looking at channel optimization and making sure those channels work. And in addition, 
we're getting into now a new sort of expansion of what we do, which is around all the digital tools to support our internal communications. Intranets, we don't own them, but how do we use them effectively? Internal emails, digital signs, all of these things, anything that kind of has digital and is in the marketing communication suite the strategies and the, the, the team that supports all of that is under my team, if that makes sense. Yep. How about you? Because you have a similar title, Reed. Yeah, so I am on paper the vice president of digital and innovation. So I really kind of have three buckets, if you will, that roll up to me. One is, and this is probably where we overlap the most, the online experience. Right. So uh, I have somebody that kind of runs that area, and that includes things like CRM, marketing automation, analytics, our websites, and kind of any online experience that's built, you know, health risk assessment tools, landing pages, you know, alongside those websites, et cetera. That does include SEO and some content creation as it relates to those pieces. But much like you, social media, while we do participate in that space, uh, resides with our communications folks. Reputation management is with the communications folks, but we're responsible for kind of managing the online listings, right? So there's a little bit of kind of overlap there. Now, the other two areas, and I guess this is more the innovation side of my title, um, is how are we using digital to evolve the way we deliver care within the four walls mm. of the hospital? Mm. So this is virtual nursing, virtual attending, uh, some of the patient monitoring that we do, the ambient monitoring around like fall prevention and hand hygiene and things like that. I run and lead a lot of that relative to the solutions themselves. So not the people in the process, you know, that's our clinical ops folks. And that's the people in those local markets that are like, what does a virtual nurse do? Well, that's that's what they that's their expertise and where they participate. I'm looking at the technology as it relates to that. Everything you described before that innovation part, totally in alignment with what I do. But in that regard, what you're what you were describing, that second part, I'm not officially part of that team. However, I work very closely with a peer of mine that's in IT that's called VP of Digital Innovation. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I mean, the third, the third bucket is very is similar. It's just in the ambulatory space. So remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, wearables, you know, all those things that you hear about, hospital at home, et cetera. Again, I'm not managing the people or even developing the process. I am simply, you know, working with the solutions and the vendors and the providers as it relates to the technology to accomplish those things. You know, what are the dashboards? How what vendors are we working with? And then we have this design studio that we've partnered with that's looking at some some AI and, and machine learning type projects. And so that's kind of my job. Again, it's it's digital, not digital marketing, you know, and the innovation part is is somewhat nuanced and, and a little bit unique, but it's exciting and it's I kind of think shows, you know, where the space has evolved over the years. But is it fair to say, Reed, that you work really closely with our with your IT partners at your organization? Oh sure. Absolutely. That's part of the challenge here is that these roles kind of crossover. I work very closely with our IT partners too. And by the way, I bring them in with my marketing technology needs as well, right? We partner together on the website environment, which we're hosting our new websites to ensure that it's compliant, that we're all playing in the same sandbox. 
Let's talk a little bit about information technology and digital marketing and why there's a little bit of confusion between those two. We found an article, read that uh, we'll use as sort of a reference on a website called viralsolutions.net. It's called IT and Digital Marketing, where business owners get confused. So they define IT or information technology one way. Do you want to share that definition? In a very basic sense, is that it applies technology to solve problems. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that, that, is, that is what that is, right? So I mean, even like telephony, right? Well, the problem is I need to communicate with people across the country. Therefore, how do I do that? Right. They say, though, right, that IT typically has three general responsibilities. One around governance, developing policies and processes to make IT infrastructure more efficient. The operational work there, because that's the second focus, is around operations, tech support, network maintenance, security, etc. And then infrastructure, the physical equipment and hardware to do their jobs. These are kind of the practical day-to-day stuff. Now, in hospitals and health systems, they have traditionally worked very closely with our clinical teams to stand up all of those clinical systems. So the telehealth, for example, that is typically an operational infrastructure thing that's governed by IT. When you talk about data systems and and keeping track of customer data, that's typically within IT's data and analytics team because those are required to keep the operations, the infrastructure and governance, you know, uh, efficient and and working together in our space. Yeah, that's right. And again, this is where things start to bleed together, right? Because if you go back to the governance, operations and infrastructure piece, I could argue that a lot of these things are infrastructure. You know, I mean, hosting is an easy one to point to. But if you look at remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, some of the tele and virtual capabilities, these are all tying in and or are part of infrastructure we already have, like the EHR. Uh, it's just interesting because it's like, and I'm not even saying I own this stuff. I'm just saying IT, you know, it originates somewhere, but then you got clinical operations or operations that are involved. I mean, think about our contact centers and the, all the technology that's there, like the telephony platforms and things like that. Well, I mean, IT doesn't manage the people in the contact centers or in that process or that experience, but they do, you know, have all the technology. That's right. And think about things in our space as digital marketers, right? So this is marketing, digital marketing is, you know, websites, emails, social media marketing, all of those things. We're using CRM in our space. Well, we had to work very closely with decision support and IT to get the data that flows into our CRM, our marketing CRM, so we could do all of those things more effectively. And we had to ensure that that data flows back and forth. So they were a hand-in-hand partner with us on standing up our marketing CRM. That's really the big difference, right, between IT and digital marketing. And I think it comes down to where the focus is. And it sometimes relates to how they perceive solving problems. IT is primarily about keeping the operations running efficiently and safely and securely. Whereas digital marketing is about engaging with people, getting in touch with people and bringing people into our organization. Sometimes we're, we're at different perspectives on how to solve the problem. And that's why oftentimes digital marketing, it sometimes goes out a little bit 
further. Like, uh, you know, they get into things like how do we develop prospect lists that we can get from outside companies that we could bring in to communicate with people that aren't our patients. Well, that at times can be a little bit of a, of a challenge because IT is looking at, wait, are you exposing, you know, services that may be at risk? to keeping our operations running efficiently. By doing this, we have to be very careful about this. Do you see that happening as well in your organization? I do. Yeah, again, I, you know, I'm very fortunate that um, you know, I've got some great leaders on the IT side. And so I don't find a lot of territorial conversations, but you know, we're still trying to kind of find our way of exactly you know, how this all works together. And, and realistically, I don't know that you know, people's jobs today were what they were when they were hired. That's the interesting part because, again, it's not that there's not smart people. It's not that they don't know what they're doing, but there's not a clear description of, uh, okay, well, now this these four things have come up and three of these are yours and one of these are yours. Like, it's not that clean. You don't just get this, like, notice, like, oh, hey, we've got a new widget who manages this thing. And... If done right, like you're describing in terms of a partnership, the both the perspectives of a digital marketer and IT can become very powerful. And a good example, I, I bring it up, brought it up before, I'll bring it up again. I was working with our IT partners on standing up online appointment scheduling, and they turned to me and they said, well, this is the data we can collect from trusted sources. Is this data enough to help people that are trying to make an appointment, you know, is that giving them enough information to help them make an appointment? And I, through my market research and you look at UX UI, I said, well, there are some additional data gaps that would be very helpful for them to make a selection for a doctor. And so then they worked with me and the operations to define a way to get that data. That's maybe not coming from a trusted source, but it's important to the experience. And that is like the perfect marrying of IT and digital marketing together to solve a problem. This is not something that's going to get solved. I mean, it's going to get solved for certainly, but this is a process. This is an evolving process because of the technology and the ecosystem that we're working in continues to evolve. Speaking of evolution, let's take a brief pause here, Reed, and then when we come back, I think it's important for us to talk about this title that is out there called the Chief Digital Officer. Oh, I thought it had something to do with ninjas. I was hoping hoping we were going back there, but all right, go ahead. And we'll come back and talk about this role of the Chief Digital Officer and how that role is changing over time to kind of address this nuance that we're describing. We'll do that right after this pause. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So before the break, Reed, we talked about this role of a chief digital officer. You've heard that title before. In fact, it's been around for a number of years, I think. The CDO title, according to this article from our good friends at uh, CIOdive.com, 
They said the CDO title first emerged in the early 2010s as more companies decided they needed a dedicated senior executive to lead digital transformation at their organization. I know some, and I'm starting to, you know, you you start to see like a Becker's list, right? You know, of the top, whatever. And this has now become one of those titles that there's, you know, it's not just CMOs, it's not just CEOs, CFOs, et cetera. So I think, you know, there's starting to be some credibility, but it is still pretty new. I would say most people that are in the role, I think in here it even says eight, eight and 10 are the first to hold the job in their company. But yeah, I would say that probably most of the people I know that have that title would, would fit that statement. Part of that is because the job is not defined clearly. There were some consultants with the Harvard Business Review that kind of informed this article. They wrote that many organizations expect too much of their CDOs and have unclear priorities for them. And most CEOs, they say, understand that the chief digital officer role has changed over the years. It's now about how to use the best technology to solve business problems and meet customers rather than being a technology-centric role. So as before, it was probably pulling people from the IT side, but now they're realizing what they need is more business problem solvers. I mean, I think like a lot of roles, I mean, we saw this with like the CX role, you know, it kind of gets defined as you go. You know, what, what, what is it? And I would say, you know, much like you and I, while we have a very similar title, Uh, There are some differences in our two roles. That's probably true for CTOs as well. There is. One of the things that this article kind of outlines are three suggestions on how organizations should now start viewing this chief digital officer role in their organization. So let's just briefly touch on those. The first one, Reed, is having a clear view of where the company is and where it wants to go. Sometimes I think that might be difficult for organizations to begin with, just to bring that up to the CTO. But they say before bringing in one of these chief digital officers to tackle digital transformation, set your strategy, understand what your mission is. They even suggest uh, having the, the CEO ask these questions. Are we going to leverage digital strategy that's transformational or additive? Or is our goal to shift revenue from one channel or another? Like kind of try to understand exactly what you're wanting the CDO to do in your organization. Second thing they mention is uh, deciding what kind of person best fits the mission. The CDO tends to fit one of four archetypes, according to Deloitte, they say in here. The disruptor, I like that. They're looking for new business models, making bold changes. Well, that may not, that may be problematic. That may not be the first step. They also talk about the uh, innovative type folks that blends, you know, insights with capabilities for improvements, things like that. The market-minded maven. I like these titles. Uh, <laughs> drives new digital solutions for customer-facing channels and routes to the market. And then finally, the technology integrator. So it's a, more of a technology-centric person. What's interesting is like I've seen, you know, we're talking about the types of people. Some of the people in these roles are physicians. What does that mean? I'm not saying that's good or bad necessarily. That would probably put them into a certain a certain bucket. As I look at these four archetypes that you outlined, I think I'm a market-minded maven of those four. Which one do you think you are? Um... Probably maybe the technology integrator 
or maybe the innovative integrator. Yeah, I'm a little innovative integrator myself. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Interesting, though. I didn't realize there was just four archetypes. Now I have to, I'm going to start thinking about that. Maybe put those, put those on my business card or something. The third specific suggestion that they're outlining here is you have to, with whatever, whoever that role is, if they're coming from a physician background, an IT background, a marketing background, whatever their archetype is, you need to set higher expectations for a collaboration. The CDO has to be adept at working with stakeholders across the organization to enhance customer experience. And I like that underscoring customer experience. Heavy collaboration across teams, regardless of whether they involve traditional or newer digital models, is crucial. And that ultimately, it's to bring the best parts of the digital experience into the business and making sure that works. So having a goal, having expectations, having the right person in the role relative to that. I mean, you could argue this for really any leadership position, right? I mean, that's kind of key fundamentals. I think what's unique about this idea of the CDO is that it is new. I mean, it's kind of like patient experience was back in the day. It's a new concept. We didn't do this historically, at least not formally. So it's the experience piece is very programmatic. I mean, I think that was a big difference. Here. But here it's like we're thinking about really touching all aspects of the organization. So like, how do you find the right person to do that? That's right. And it's more than just that partnership between IT and digital marketing. This is about really the relationship between digital and the organization. Love to hear how you, the listener, are structuring your role of digital, maybe the chief digital officer or digital strategy or digital innovation like in your in your hospital or your health system. Comment on LinkedIn. Or Reed and I are really curious to see how different organizations are trying to tackle this problem. And with that, Reed, why don't we take a, one last pause and then we'll be back to close out the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, Another great episode. Um, Good topic. I think this is something worth continuing to talk about just as, as the organizations evolve, the roles evolved, you know, what we're involved in, you know, kind of continues to morph and change a little bit. It's just, it's always something that is worth circling back on. So good episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Touchpoint.health is the website. Uh, we mentioned the TPS report earlier. Also, if you sign up for the TPS report, you'll notice besides those five articles, a couple of links to upcoming industry conferences. Chris, you and I will actually be at one here in just a few short weeks in Austin, Texas, the Healthcare mm-hmm. Marketing and Physician Strategy Summit. We'll be speaking. We'd love to know if you will be making it and connect while we're there. So reach out to us. LinkedIn is probably the best way to do that, but uh, excited to see some folks in person. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be recording podcasts there too. So be sure to reach out to us and see if you want to be part of the panel session or if you want to be part of the audience. And regardless, we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to run into you and say hi. Looking forward to seeing you in Austin. 
All right, couple of recommendations to wrap things up. What what do you got today? Reed, I'm going to recommend something that's kind of a little bit old-fashioned, but it's always good. So let me explain. All right. This week, I was traveling. I was in Boston, meeting with my team in person, and we were going to discuss. We, we did sort of like a, we're having a discussion around our team and talking about ways we can get better. And I said, we've been using computers and kind of working remotely and all of this other stuff. This time around, I'm going to bring sticky notes and Sharpie pens, and we're going to do some old-fashioned brainstorming where people write things down on sticky notes and put them up on the wall. And we kind of do a a very physical, tactile interaction of ideas and brainstorming and things like that. Forget Miro boards, forget all these fancy online things. We went to the good old-fashioned sticky notes and Sharpie pens. And I'm going to recommend that. It worked tremendously. It was really productive. So in this day and age, if you're trying to build some alignment with your team, let's pull them together in real life. And get back to the old fashions. Pull out your old sticky notes and, and Sharpie pens and uh, work on, on solving problems that way. That's my recommendation. There you go. I like it. Old school. I am actually going to build on a recommendation that, that I had last week, which was this uh, TV stand, kind of an easel, tripod kind of thing. Televisions have gotten so inexpensive and so good all at the same time. Recently bought a couple of televisions I remember some years ago buying a 42-inch Sony television, rear projection, flat screen. Had to put it in the corner, you know, kind of thing because it's you know, rear projection. And it was like, you know, $117,000, you know, or something. I, I don't know. It's like, you know, absurdly expensive kind of thing for a 42-inch television. Dude, I bought a 43-inch TV, 4K, with the Roku stuff built in and all that, $178. Wow. $178. Wow. What I would recommend, they actually got these at Walmart, but you, it was a high sense brand. You can get them, I think, at Best Buy and probably even on Amazon. They're great. There's nothing wrong with these TVs. I mean, it's 4K. Roku is built in. So again, everybody's moving to streaming services. So you already have a great UI uh, set up for you. Like you have little to nothing invested in it. So a few years down the road, you know, you want to get something different, uh, you know, you're not out a ton of money. So check them out. High Sense is the brand. And yeah, Roku built in. I think the 58-inch television was $268. Wow. That's just crazy. I keep seeing these TVs for like really inexpensive. And I keep saying to my wife, we should buy another TV. Although I don't know where to put it. Just because of the costs are so cheap, you know. I know. I know. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Well, there you go, folks. Another episode in the books, number 325. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Appreciate everybody spreading the word, telling a friend. Reach out to us if you're going to make it to Austin here in a couple of weeks, or just reach out to us. Again, LinkedIn is probably the best way. So for Chris Boyer, Reed Smith, see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.